For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, this is Pat Gamble, defense alignment from Georgia Tech, and you'll listen to On the Pen Side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side. Here as we approach NFL draft season, Paul Pickin and Brian Catanzaro, and you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on iTunes, Spreaker, and on YouTube. We have C.K. Parrott, Chris Kaufman, joining us to discuss the defensive end class for the Miami Dolphins and the depth and, and the star-studded players as well, players that the Dolphins may consider in the first second, or third rounds at that defensive end spot as we make our way through the positions. Chris, uh, looking at the top of the board, it seems like Miles Garrett and Solomon Thomas may even go 1-2 to the uh, Browns and the 49ers. Uh, It's a pretty safe bet that they go in the top five in general, but once you get past that, you start looking at a big wave of defensive end. Kind of similar to the cornerback class in that not much separating, you know, third guy from the seventh guy. So taking a look at a few of these players, one guy that's projected pretty high right now is Tennessee defensive end Derek Barnett, very productive in the SEC and projected to the Dolphins in the first round in a lot of mock drafts. What would you think of that selection at 22? Uh, I'm not sure that I'd be a huge fan of that selection at number 22 overall. I think that you, you hit the nail on the head when you said that once you get beyond the first couple of guys, there's sort of a, a large group that uh, that doesn't see a lot of striation between the top of the group and the bottom of the group. And that group can almost be considered in my book to be about like you know, 23 or 24 deep. I mean, there's there are all, this is a really thick class of defensive ends and edge rush players, as well as defensive tackles and that can play defensive end. There are too many guys and too many guys that I would be interested in and at the second round level, at the third round level, number 54 overall, or I believe we're picking number 97 overall in the, the third round. So taking a guy at number 22 overall, you know, he better be really good because there are a lot of value picks to be had at those later picks. And Derek Barnett, when I look at it, uh, he did get a lot of pressure and he was productive at Tennessee, but ultimately we are talking about a six foot three inch guy, 259 pounds, and he's probably got, uh, he's got about, he doesn't probably have, he has about 4.9 speed. That's what he is. Whenever I look at these defensive ends and I look across the board, I tend to line them up all together and look at them simultaneously and, and try and just compare their movements to one another and get a feel for how they move and and what their skill set is and and what their strengths and weaknesses are. Whenever I do that and then I look at I switch from these guys like even Deshaun Hall or but Trey Hendrickson and and um to Karis McKinley and TJ Watt Charles Harris, Jordan Willis. Uh, I switch over to Derek Barnett and it's like it's like watching a guy that's kind of slogging through mud um he's just a lot slower <laughs> than the other guys and and what he gets by on and this is the reason that he's productive i call he and charles harris and 
Keonta Davis of uh, UT Chattanooga. I call them feel guys. Um, and Dwayne Smoot of, uh, of Illinois is like this, too. I call them feel because they have a good feel for pass rush. They get by on their savvy and their ability to use leverage and to switch their leverage uh, against the offensive uh, blocker and to do things like time the snap and uh, use their hands well. And Derek Barnett does does all these things really well, but he's also kind of a snap timer. And I've learned my lesson a little bit because I fell in love with Bjorn Werner of, uh, of Florida State a couple of years back. And he was another snap timer. He was another guy that on, on college film, you look at him, he was very productive and, and he was very good pass rusher. But he had a knack for really hitting the snap, almost like he knew it for him. And Derek Barnett kind of gets that snap count, and that's how he makes some of the plays that he made. The sack that he got against Cam Robinson, the big sack strip that he got that way, uh, you know, was exactly that. He, he was actually moving even before the snap went off, and Cam Robinson was overcorrecting because he had just false started on the play before, so he was a little sluggish off the ball, and then that's how you get the recipe for Derek Barnett getting him a, a huge sack strip. Uh, he's a very productive player, but a field guy, and if I'm going to take class, you know, considering we have a glut of defensive end and edge rushers in this class, if I'm going to take one at 22 overall, I want him to have special characteristics. I want him to have things that uh, a real check-all-the-boxes kind of guy, and I just don't see that with Derek Barnett. Sticking with that, because you're right, I mean, taking a look back at, at some of the players who have been busts over the past, I mean, you can talk about Bjorn Warner. You can talk about uh, Aaron Maben's another one that was kind of undersized but productive at the collegiate level. Taco Charlton has extremely high characteristics, uh, especially in, in the size area. I mean, he's six foot six, 280 pounds. Didn't run quite as fast as a lot of people thought. Had nine sacks over the last 10 games for Michigan against pretty good competition, too. He seems to be a player that everybody's all over the board on, Taco Charlton. Where where do you stand on him? Do you think that physical those physical traits are going to translate to the NFL level? I think he's a solid pick all the way around. You're going to get a pretty good player in Taco. Uh, I know that there are some people that do stand on sort of the other side of the fence with him, and I understand why. But we're talking about a six foot six inch guy with that kind of frame. But he doesn't play like a six foot six inch guy. He plays low. He doesn't, you know, show his length until it really matters, which is good. He gets off the ball. So he uses a spin move, and this is part of the criticism that I see about him. He uses a spin move, and a lot of people consider that kind of gimmicky. It's not going to work at the next level. But you have to look at the underlying fundamentals of why that spin move is working for him. And the reason that spin move is working so well for him at the college level is because, you know, number one, he gets off the ball. And I'm not talking about snap timing. I'm talking about, you know, real explosion off the ball. He gets off the ball very quickly gets the offensive tackle to, to really jump at him, and then, uh, and then he has good body control and good balance. And this is something that you see in his other pass rush uh, snaps even when he's not using the spin move. You see that, and I think that you don't have to be a master of every single pass rush move under the sun in order to end up being a pass rush presence at the next level. You just have to have enough enough stuff to work off of uh, everything uh, and kind of work together and complement one another to get, get production and to get the offensive blockers, you know, guessing and, and, and getting bad leverage. I think he has that. I think he does have a pass rush presence at the next level. And I think, and then I look to the, at the other stuff that he does have, which is, should be, you know, not 
too controversial to argue about, which is that, you know, he's a good run defender. He's the kind of player that you can put in a wide setup like Miami is running and count on his presence against the run and count on his ability to stunt to the inside. I think that he does a lot of the little things, a lot of the little work uh, at the defensive end position that you're going to need at the next level. He does all that. I think the real question is, does that pass rush translate at the next level? And I have a feeling that it might. I, I think that he's got a he's got a good base to work from. First, I'm going to park on Taco Charlton for just a second because he is projected to the Dolphins in a lot of mock drafts, as is Derek Barnett. Two comparisons I've heard that are very similar players in terms of their stature, but different in terms of scheme. Michael Johnson for the Bengals and Calais Campbell now with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who do you think Taco Charlton is more like in that regard? Well, he doesn't have the speed of Michael Johnson. I mean, Michael Johnson, you got to remember, was uh, a very um, athletic dynamo coming out. But Michael Johnson coming out was also more of a part-time player. People, people remember that because he just couldn't play every down. He couldn't be the same player on rundowns that he was as a pass rusher. And, you know, there was a lot of blame on his stamina and maybe him taking care of his body or not taking care of his body the way that he should have. Uh, none of that really applies to Taco Charlton. So I, I think that that comparison, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily go that way. I think a Calais Campbell, though, is a decent comparison coming out. And, you know, it, we're looking at high-character players. I think that people around Michigan would tell you that Taco is, is a high-character player. And I do remember Calais coming out, uh, and he did remind me a little bit of uh, of Taco in as much as uh, he played defensive end at the U, and, and he, he looked legitimate as a defensive end. Now, it didn't end up working out that way in the NFL. He ended up doing so many other things and doing really well at them and just getting bigger and stronger. So we'll see if Taco goes that route. But I see him as sort of like more like a Kevin Dot. And I think mm-hmm. that uh, that he's kind of a, a you know, I, I would struggle with him a little bit at the 22 overall pick. It's a little bit of a stretch, but I would feel great about taking him in round two, that area. I think he's lengthy. He doesn't play like a tall player at all. He's got burst off the snap, and I think that he's got enough moves to be a pass rush presence. And, and he does all those little things. I say at Michael Johnson, when he was coming out, he didn't do any of those little things. I mean, he was he was not that kind of player at all. So he doesn't have to mm-hmm. change his makeup like uh, Michael Johnson did. Uh, another player that's been moving up draft boards, at least consensusly, is Jordan Willis from Can- from Kansas State. And I tell you, when I watched this guy play, I looked at him and I thought, oh my gosh, this guy's J.J. Watt in terms of how he takes on blockers. But then I look at the physical characteristics. He's not 6'5", 300 pounds. He's 6'4", 265. Now, he did test out of the water at the combine, but this is another player that people struggle with as well. Some people have him as a first-rounder. Others say, no, he's more of a mid-round pick because he can't run that arc. Do you think he would be a good fit for the Dolphins anywhere from round one to round three? Yeah, I think he would be a perfect fit for the Dolphins. Certainly, uh, their their system is very is very compatible with his game. Uh, and in fact, uh, I believe he he said that he patterns his game very much after Cameron Wake. So yeah, I think that he's he's a great fit for the Dolphins. I compare he and Derek Rivers are are similar, and they're both athletic dynamos. Uh, and I was a little confused that people didn't think that Jordan Willis was going to test all that well at the combine because what I saw on tape. And you are right; he has that look. That that just like he looks like he's going to be a monster physically huge, but that's just because of the way he's built. You know, he's built sort of like a a Greek god, but he is only 
six foot four and and around that two hundred and sixty pound level. Uh, he's not six foot five, three hundred, something like that. But he tested really well, and I expected that from what I saw on the tape. His, his explosion off the snap is was clearly the best that I had seen in the class, and he uses that to you know his advantage. I think that he can get a little bit single minded with his outside pass rush at times. But then again, I've seen him work off of that outside pass rush plenty. And we're talking about a complete player that is a really good player against run and a leader. And he's a guy that's locked in on every snap. And we're talking, I think he was the conference defensive player of the year, uh, something along those lines. Extremely productive both years, very efficient. Uh, I think that, you know, you're checking all of these boxes. And also, by the way, you know, kind of a great guy from what I hear. So when I talk before about this being a fit class and you don't want to go ahead and take one at 22 overall unless you feel like he really, he really checks all the boxes because you can go ahead and get somebody for value at second round or third round level. He's a guy that does check all the boxes, so I'm okay with him at 22 overall. I wouldn't feel too badly about that. I'm looking forward to seeing how he does at the NFL level. I think that he's got a, an explosive amount of potential for what he could do, and he showed it on tape. And he's also just a, a good character guy, excellent work ethic, uh, all of the above. CK, I know the tweener guys, the guys that can kick inside the defensive tackle on on passing downs, kick outside on on rundowns, are getting to be a bigger and bigger thing in the NFL. And this doesn't have to be a first-rounder, but who are a couple of guys you like that may fit that mold in this draft for the Dolphins? Yeah, I think, well, first off, and we're not going to get a crack at Solomon Thomas, but, you know, clearly him. I think that when you're looking at Taco Charlton, like we said, he's a guy that could kick in and do some damage against guards because of the way he plays uh, and his unique characteristics. I think that he's one of those guys. I think that Deshaun Hall has already got a, a lot of experience doing it, playing against uh, inside players, and, and he's he's one of those easy ones. By the way, very underrated player. I can talk about him later if you want, but Deshaun Hall and Demarcus Walker of Florida State, clearly one of those guys, another guy that's probably underrated. He's like, uh, I, I remind, he reminds me a little bit of Frank Clark. Uh, of Seattle, but probably just a tad bit less explosive. He's a guy that will go to the interior at the NFL level on pass downs and will probably be very good there. But you can also count on him on the other side of the equation, kicking out to the defensive end position on, uh, on base downs and actually making a difference, not just against the run, but because he's uh, he's a high-motor player and knows what he's doing, he can also get after the passer on those base downs, which is pretty valuable. So I would look at those guys. I would look at Demarcus Walker, Deshaun Hall, Taco Charlton, guys like that, and also you know Malik McDowell, who is a defensive tackle, uh, or Chris Wormley, who is you know being considered a defensive tackle and has played both defensive end and defensive tackle. That's the group. The guys that are most attractive to me, I'd say, are probably Deshaun, Taco, and Demarcus. That'll do it for part one of our defensive end segment. There's a lot to cover. You can follow us on the Fin side on Facebook, on Twitter, YouTube, Spreaker, and on iTunes. And if it is not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the Fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side. Then it must be the Fin side. side. It ain't the left side, left side or the right, right side. Then it must be the Fin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in To see what Brian, Cat, and Paul about to do again We rep our team, you can't change, stop or ruin it All we need
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.